1: It's The Middle with Anthony Weiner on WABC. I know Anthony Weiner for a long time. He was a really bad guy. Taking a step back to look at things with a new perspective. Anthony Wiener, um, I'm not a big fan. It's The Middle with Anthony Weiner.
2: I'm Anthony Wiener, and thank you for meeting me in the middle sometime every Saturday at 2 when we take some steps away from the hot takes of the far left and the far right and we try to bring some context to the news of the week or maybe a subject that doesn't find its way into the middle of the conversation enough. Someone called the authorities. What is that bright yellow ball in the sky? I haven't seen that in a long time. I don't even know what it is. Nice to have some sunny weather. I was able to take the bike here today little chilly outside, but at least it's the sun is out. I mean, I am a big believer in this notion of seasonal light deprivation disorder or whatever it is. When the sun is not out, just ruins your mood. Anyway, it's great to have you along. Ava on the board. Christian taking your calls. Kevin supervising things today. We'll be here until 4 o'clock. And usually at this point, I say at 4 o'clock, someone will be coming in. And recently... We have been doing this thing where we're doing these true in honor of this being an election year. The left versus right format has changed somewhat as we've started to do more kind of real debates. We throw out issues and we actually go back and forth on them. that was spurred by the owner of the station, John Katsimatidis, saying he wanted to come on and give me what for for some of the positions I've taken. And so we've done that, I think, four weeks, maybe five weeks. And um, I think we're doing it again this week. I say I think because I was told we don't know for sure if John's coming in or someone else is going to be doing it. Obviously, this is the program that I did with Curtis for a few years, and we're still calling it left versus right courtesy, but I don't know. I'll try to let you know as soon as I find out. Now, I am suspicious that it's, that they're trying to make it harder for me to prepare because I think I've been doing better and better each week. And in honor of the death of Carl Weathers, who was Apollo Creed, who passed away, as James Flippen just reported to you. Um, I am I'm like Mr. T. I'm Drago. I am Carl Weather. I'm the bad guy in this thing, so I think they're doing everything possible to keep me. They said they'd let me know soon, and that was a few hours ago, so let's see what goes. So that's what's going to happen at 4 o'clock. If you want to listen to us on the app, please do. The uh, app downloads have been exploding. Everyone at the show is doing well. you heard. Sid Rosenberg reporting from Israel all week. That was great. So many new listeners tuned in. So it's great to have you along today. If you want to reach out to me, W A B C at gmail.com, and there'll be a chance to take calls 800 848 WABC, 800 848 9222. So, an interesting, fun week. You know, I, I, um, you know, uh, Jordan and I, you know, I'm a hockey guy, or my my beer league hockey team got out back on the ice. But Jordan went to a Nick game with his mom this week. And because they had pretty good seats, I kept, I, I didn't listen to it, but I kept the game on in the background as I was working on Thursday night. And I got to tell you, it's hard not to love these Knicks. I mean, professional basketball, I'm not a huge basketball guy, but of all of the professional sports, basketball is the one that the game is just not as good and exciting during the regular season because they don't play much defense. So I'm watching this Nick team, which is now, they're the hottest team in the NBA, They are really hard not to root for. They hustle every, every possession they're hustling. They have, you know, Jalen Brunson. They have a, they have a couple of big stars, but it's not that kind of team that everyone else kind of sits around and watches the stars do their thing like so many NBA teams are. I watched it and I was really excited. It was a really exciting game. Jordan is kind of hooked on a little bit on basketball now. Great, good for him. And since he's been going with his mom, that's their thing now. I don't, Know just how much Huma really knows about it or cares about it, but they've been able to bond over it, and that's and that's exciting. Um, also the NHL has there and there All Star Weekend, and as you know, I'm not supposed to talk a lot about hockey, but I will say this: that all of the All Star games have gone through a lot of it. Maybe baseball is a little bit different, but all the other All Star games have gone through a lot of changes because what the leagues have found out is is that these guys don't want to play hard at an all-star game. They don't want to get hurt. It's an exhibition game. Even when they put money on the line, that doesn't really change things so much. But the NHL did something this year. They said they turned to their best player, Connor McDavid, who is, for the uninitiated, he is a, you know, a Michael Jordan-like dominant figure in hockey right now. And I think by the time his career is done, it will be him and Gretzky spoken in the same sentences as the greatest hockey players of all time. And the thing about Connor McDavid that makes him great is he does everything well. So they turned to him and they said, as the undisputed best player on earth, help us redesign the things that we do on all star weekend. And they came up with this new thing that they did yesterday, which was really good. It looked like, and they, and they put a million dollars on the barrel head for everyone. It was really fun to watch. Um, Matthew Barzell came in second, the Islanders, and Connor McDavid, who designed the, all this, he won it. So uh, tonight is the All-Star game, and they're not just doing a regular game; they do kind of a three-on-three tournament. So that'll be tonight. I don't expect many of my listeners to be listen to be watching the NHL All-Star game, but that that's going on as well. So this week in Washington, here's what we're going to do today. I'm going to do a little bit of the wrap-up of the news, and then I think we may linger a little bit on the last issue we're going to talk about, which is immigration, because we do finally have some, like, real news going on about that. But first, a couple of things going on. The continuing sentencing and trials of the January 6th insurrectionists. Ralph the third of New York was sentenced six and a half years in prison. And what did he do? He blindsided, tackled a Capitol Hill police officer and knocked him off a ledge on January 6th. And for all the people said, oh, this was a peaceful demonstration, the Kelly... Judge Kelly put it correctly he called it a truly cowardly and respectable thing to do so that's another person going to prison as he should he had a trial they are doing they passed a bill in the house and, and the senate as well to do some changes to the tax code and what they did not fix was what all these republicans in our area said and committed and pledged they would fix if they we elected them and that is New York New Jersey Middle-class voters lost their ability to deduct state and local taxes from their federal taxes. That was a policy that been in place for quite some time. It had been defended by Democrats. Donald Trump, who doesn't care a whit about middle-class voters, about middle-class taxpayers, by the way, eliminated it in this big tax bill that he did. And all of these re- Republicans said, vote for us. We'll go to Washington and fix this if we take back the House the Lawlers, the Lolotas, the D'Espositos, the Kane in New Jersey, the Molinaros, all these guys. And sure enough, it came time to fix the tax code, and they struck out. So remember that. Um, and when and, – and Swazi, when he was in, you know, it, it, he, he voted he, – he said, do not let these Republicans be rewarded for taking away our state and local tax exemption. He's exactly right. So that happened, and let's not forget that when it comes time to vote, since that's something that impacts middle-class voters. A whole bunch of campaign filings came out this week, because um, it's the end of the year. And I read through them, some of the stories about the misreports, who got money from who, what they spent it on. I go through and I look for kind of funny little things. Here's something that I found, that in the campaign filings for Donald Trump, do you remember... When the United Auto Workers were on strike and uh, Joe Biden went out there and stood with the strikers, you probably remember this. Donald Trump also went, but he went and stood with a bunch of scabs. And it turns out the Trump campaign had to pay $20,000 to stage that fake rally. (laughs) To like put on, remember, he was like, oh, I I, I met with workers also. Well, no, that was a staged event and he spent $20,000. They do it to get non-union people holding up union members for Trump signs, things like that. So so there you go. And we also have some economic news. But before we get the economic news, because the two things kind of go together, I hope, more polling came out this week. Swing state polling. Every one of the swing states going for Donald Trump by four or five or six points. National polling. Two polls came out that showed that um, Biden was ahead. And that um, and both all of the polls show that both Biden and Trump are unpopular. But I'm going to give you a sense for how unpopular Joe Biden is. For January of presidential election years, here are some numbers. Eisenhower, 77 percent approval rating. Nixon in uh, uh, Nixon in 1972. 49% approval rating. He won, I think, 48 of 50 states that year. Obama was at 47%. Joe Biden is at 38%, the lowest ever recorded of a president during an election year. But before you get too cocky about that number, the second most popular, uh, no, sorry, the third most popular guy in January of an election year, Jimmy Carter, he had a 58% approval rating, lost badly. Um... But here's the scary stuff if you're if you're um uh if you're Joe Biden. He's at thirty eight percent. The next lowest in history was Trump in 2020, 43 percent, Trump lost. Ford was at forty five percent, didn't even bother to run. Oh no, sorry, he lost uh, he lost. I'm sorry, he lost. Bush in 47 percent, he lost. And then you get to Obama also at forty seven percent, he won. Et cetera, et cetera, So long story short, you don't want to be starting out where Joe Biden is starting out at 38 percent approval. That is dreadful. But let's see what's going on in the economy, and especially for the middle, WABC, let's get the economic report from the most trusted man on the economy. Let's
3: get a report right now on what happened this week from Larry Kudlow. We had a blowout jobs report, more than twice the consensus expectation. Now, I know many of my conservative friends are trying to drill holes in this report. But you know what, folks? It is what it is. It's a very strong report. Not every economic stat should be viewed through a political lens. I've been in this business a very long time. And sometimes you just have to throw away the ballot box and just recognize the numbers. They are what they are. This was a very strong report. 353,000 gain in non-farm payrolls, a very big number. Prior two months, revised up by 126,000, another big number. And the bottom line here is more Americans are working. And that is a good thing, no matter what your party registration is. Also a good thing, worker wages continue to improve. Average hourly earnings for production workers, a.k.a. middle class blue collar folks, they're up uh, 4.8 percent over the past 12 months. And you know what? Their rate of productivity, that is output per hour, a very important economic efficiency and growth indicator. Well, productivity rose 2.7 percent last year. That's a good number. So the workforce is earning its pay hike. Plus, over the past three months, Inflation-adjusted real wages increased by 4.5%. So typical working families got a nice real wage boost for a change. So there you go, Larry Kudlow.
2: I gave him a little extra time because sometimes people say I cut people off on this show. But Larry Kudlow, hey, just be all kidding aside, he's right about the idea. The numbers are the numbers, and the numbers are very good. And so when you look at the 38% that Joe Biden has, he's going to have... Things like that to talk about. 14.3 million new jobs, $137 billion of student loan debt relief for 4 million people. He reduced the cost of insulin to $35 a month to pass first gun safety legislation in 30 years, invested a trillion dollars in repairing our nation's infrastructure, highest stock market in history, oversaw the greatest investment in American manufacturing with the CHIPS Act and took care of our veterans' families with the PACT Act. He's going to have some things to say. He's going to have some things to say. But, One clear, unmitigated problem for this administration and for our country is the challenge of immigration. And I talk about this a lot on the show because there is no issue more than immigration that the rhetoric and the punchlines and the, the attacks are out of a line with the real policy things that people have to figure out that the politics on immigration has always been fraught. It's always the same thing. It's always, why don't they come in like my parents did? It's always, I love immigrants, I just don't like these immigrants. Why is it, look at all the crime they bring and all the expenses and all these other types of things. It's the same conversation. You and I, my listener, have talked about it a lot, eight hundred eighty four wabc But when we come back to, from the break, we actually have kind of news on this issue Literally today, because now we have a situation that Republicans in Congress have been saying. Fix the border before you do anything else. You want funds for Ukraine? Fix the border. If you want funds for Israel, fix the border. If you want funds for Taiwan, fix the border. Now, a lot of people say these things should not be connected, but maybe it was a mistake. Maybe it was smart. But Joe Biden said. Okay, I will attach immigration to this, and we're going to sit down and try to to negotiate a a fix of the problems that we face at the border, which no one disagrees that we have. And then a funny thing happened on the way to the forum. A funny thing happened is is that suddenly the line stopped being, let's fix the border. It became, let's not fix the border. Instead, let's keep the border BMS, and then let's blame Joe Biden for it. And the rubber hits the road soon on whether that is going to be the prevailing wisdom. So when we come back from the break, we're going to do a couple of things. One, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about what the current state of play is in Washington. And I'm also going to assume good faith. I'm going to assume that those who have said, I don't want to do anything at the border because these five things or six things that Joe Biden could do tomorrow, I want him to do it. I'm going to assume that those people, and maybe those of you in my audience who've heard those things, genuinely believe they are true. And I look forward to taking some calls from you, my listeners, with any questions you might have about immigration or which side you're on on this conversation about do we fix it? Or do we leave it broken so we have someone to blame who we don't like, which is Joe Biden? So we'll do that when we get back from the break. We're going to do immigration and let it breathe a little bit today. It's Anthony Weiner. This is The Middle. So great to have you along. We'll see you on the other side.
1: Getting your favorite Diagostino Supermarkets products without ever leaving your home. Order online via Instacart, Uber, or DoorDash and enjoy home delivery across New York City.
4: So please, Mr. D'Agostino, move closer to me.
1: A portfolio management analyst
5: is sought by Resolution Life Services U.S. LLC in New York, New York. A BS in finance, economics, or closely related field. Two years of experience in a role involving investments or financial planning. And advanced knowledge via work experience or coursework of Microsoft apps including Excel and PowerPoint. VBA, Power BI, R-modeling, and SQL are required. Some telecommuting is permitted. Two days at the office, three days remote. One hundred and ten dollars to $120,000 per year. Email resume to ricky.clark at resolutionlife.us. <laughs>
1: More of the music you want to hear is on Music Radio 77, WABC, plus dozens of other top stars in continuing entertainment. Presented by Cousin Brucey, Vinnie Madugno, Tony Orlando, Joe Piscopo. Music is our first WABC. You're listening to one of the most iconic stations in the nation. An American original. Talk Radio 77. WABC. And WABCradio.com
4: ready because Cindy Adams is here.
1: Cindy Adams is on the town. I got a little story I want to tell you. Listen to the incredibly charming, unbelievably brilliant. I am about to do brilliant stuff on WABC. Only in New York, kids. Only in New York. Everybody needs something. Cindy Adams is on The Cindy Adams Show. Tomorrow at 2. Saving our city. Rescuing our country. On 77 WABC finding new ways to make change reaching across the aisle to work with both sides
6: before all this happened anthony Weiner
1: he was fantastic that guy could have been the president this is the middle with anthony Weiner. but Weiner may be my greatest challenge yet he has gone toe to toe with many pundits before me on wabc
7: Living on a fresh morning, England. It's a house with a view, and I see green and blue for miles. The local vicar has pretended that the church is well attended this morning. As he wanders with a purpose to the Sunday service, he smiles.
8: I don't know,
3: And
2: welcome back to the middle. That is the House Housewives with uh, World on Fire, 800-848-WABC, 800 848 We're mostly keeping lines open, even though they're all filled up because people like talking about this issue, for people who want to talk about immigration. But let me set this up a little bit. You know, so you've heard me say a lot of this before, but I'm going to repeat it, and that is that immigration laws... More so than most laws, kind of like tax laws, I guess. They need to be updated every so often. We have a history in this country of doing it. Why do they need to be updated? Because there are different demands, people coming from different parts of the world for different reasons. For years and years, we had no formal process for dealing with refugees, for example, for dealing with asylees. We would deal with them on kind of an ad hoc basis. We always have issues around what workers we want to bring into the country, for how long, under what circumstance, et cetera. We want people to come visit on on traveler's visas. What about families that got divided up? Many people in the Irish-American community, that was a very important issue to them because many Irish-Americans came when basically the country was completely open. We were filling it up with anyone we can get. And then when it came time to reunite families, It was difficult to do because no one was writing special immigration programs for the Irish, for example. So it, it, it is not a new issue in American political life. And what there's always been is a center of gravity sufficient to pass legislation among reasonable common sense members of Congress. Being a demagogue on the issue of immigration is easy. It's shooting fish in a barrel. It is easy. Follow the law, get out of my country, all that other kind of stuff. Taking people who look different than us, blaming them for stuff is a thing we do. It's it's easy. But demagoguery has never ruled the day until relatively recently with this whole thing about anytime you want to do anything to, to improve immigration, we call it amnesty, we get everyone all upset. And it's gotten reinforced even more so since 2015 when Donald Trump made fear of immigrants the foremost thing in his campaign. Okay, so that's the setup for it. And so, without having fixed the the, the immigration laws in a very long time, we also have enormous instability and influx on our southern in, in the southern hemisphere. We've had it in Venezuela. With a, you've had it because of COVID. You've had all these things that have contributed. You've had global climate change. You've had disasters. You've had gangs. You've had drugs. All these things that lead people to do the hardest thing you can do, which is pick up your family, hike thousands of miles, and go to a different place. So here we are with this this issue. This is not a new issue. This is not a Biden issue. If you guys forget, the, the, the phrase migrant caravan was literally invented in 2018 and 19 by Donald Trump to describe a caravan of migrants that were coming here, thousands upon thousands at a time. This is not a new thing. If anything, it's one constant thing. But recently, it's gotten very bad um, for a bunch of reasons. We have wars going on. You've got a lot of instability in one, big con- in one country, Venezuela, that we helped create, socialist country that we helped destabilize. We drove inflation up into three, 400% in that and everything else. So it's time to fix the problem, right? Now, the very first week that Joe Biden got into office – he proposed the law to do, to do a lot of fixes. And he also said that this is that Donald Trump has left town. We are no longer going to be a country that, that says we hate immigrants. We're going to go back to being the country we always were, that has smart immigration laws, but we're also not going to separate families and put kids in jails if for no other reason that the courts had said they couldn't do that. So much of what happens in Washington revolves around legislation that has to pass, carrying along things that maybe don't have to pass, but some people want them to. So as I described before the break, we have to pass aid for Ukraine or they're going to get overrun, and we're going to have one of our foremost global enemies in the world rolling into the next country any day. And China's going to see it. They're going to say, okay, we can do this too. We have our our friends in Israel who are in the middle of a war against terrorist organizations that we have to help with. We have to help bolster Taiwan as well. So many conservatives in Congress said, let's tie immigration, the stuff we want to do, to this. And Joe Biden said yes. I was a little surprised that he just didn't say, you know, whatever it is, he said yes. And so three United States senators, one Republican, a guy named Murphy from Connecticut, one Republican, a guy named Lankford from Oklahoma, and one independent, this woman, Sinema from Arizona, they sat down and they worked out something resembling a deal. So now, like the person who can't take yes for an answer, now there are a lot of Republicans, and chief among them Donald Trump, saying, wait a minute, we don't want that because it's going to be good for, for Joe Biden. And he has plenty of allies now on Capitol Hill are saying that thing, which you think they'd be embarrassed about saying. They're now at the point where they're saying that, they're saying that out loud, including a cat called Troy Nels of, I think, Texas. Why would we do anything right now to help him with that 33 percent? Do you believe if Joe Biden's approval rating was at 53 percent, we would even be talking about the border? We would not be talking about the southern border. But he has to do something because he's hemorrhaging. He's bleeding. That's Troy Nell's talking politics. And by the way, the 33 percent he's talking about, that's that approval rating. Yeah, this, this issue is hurting Joe Biden. It's hurting a lot of politicians. It's hurting Joe Biden. But he's now saying him whose job it is, his representative is the name, and voting is, is, is his game, is saying he doesn't want to do anything because, Joe, because he thinks it would help Joe Biden. Why would it help Joe Biden? Because the American people would reward, them for, reward him for doing what is right. Huh. That's how the American people respond to people doing things right. Now, he obviously believes that no one's going to blame the Republicans for not doing these things. And his colleague, a guy named Crenshaw, who I think is also from Texas, acknowledged that.
3: The height of stupidity is having a strong opinion on something you know nothing about. I'm I'm extremely disappointed in the very strange maneuvering by many on the right to to, to torpedo uh, a potential border reform bill. If we have a bill that, on net, significantly decreases illegal immigration, and we sabotage that, that is... It is inconsistent with what we told our voters we would do. People will make up whatever reasons they, they want to. There's a number of them, I'm sure. But it would be a, a pretty unacceptable dereliction of, of your duty.
2: So that's Crenshaw. another these are both Republicans who are talking now. I mean, let's put aside the Democrats for a moment. And so he's saying basically what I think a lot of just regular voters who are not like not scorekeeping, they're just trying to figure out how you solve problems. And what he didn't say there, which is important, is that whatever these guys pass also ignores to the benefit of their guy when he gets elected, Donald Trump, any tools that you're giving Joe Biden. So the Senate has to decide what to do, but so does the House. And so the Speaker of the House, this guy named Johnson, and and, and I, I should just stipulate to this. I don't know the man. I just had someone as I was parking my bike ask me if he's a smart guy or not, whatever it is. People... People forget. I haven't been in the place for a long time. I didn't know, didn't know that. I didn't know him, so I can't opine on his intelligence. But his take on this is basically, I am not going to run into the teeth of Joe Biden, sorry, of Donald Trump and my right wing. So he stands on the floor this week and announces the bill is dead on arrival. But his explanation for why is a little bit of a head scratcher.
5: Billion more illegals into our country every year before we take remedial measures. It's madness. We should we should be asking what kind of enforcement authority kicks in at 5,000 illegal crossings a day. The number should be zero. Zero. And I don't care what congressional district you go into in America, pull a, 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 a people at random on the street and ask them, hey, should we allow 5,000 people to break our law each day to get a million into the country, or should we stop it at zero and enforce our law? It's, It's... It's mad. I don't know another word to describe this. It's madness. Anything higher is simply surrender. Anything higher than zero is surrendering our border, surrendering our sovereignty and our security.
2: So he gives that speech and immediately people start pointing out that we have about 13 million undocumented people here today. And that's and to say you're not going to strengthen the laws. Because it's like saying, well, one person was uh, um, committed an assault that we haven't arrested anybody yet, so we're not going to toughen the laws for assault. It's a ridiculous kind of position. Like we're not going to do anything to make the laws stronger until we what? Round up all 13.5 million people who are here undocumented that have come in here over the course of years, including people who are paying their taxes, haven't done anything, haven't violated any any law beyond overstaying their visa 10 years ago, and now are the people that we or we order our coffee from or we, or we have working in our homes. So shortly after that, Johnson and his people realize, okay, I'm in a little bit of a bad spot here. I don't sound like the speaker. So he puts out a tweet where he says all these things that Joe Biden can do on his own without any change in legislation, which is a fundamental point of conflict that I believe people of goodwill have misunderstood. Joe Biden says, I need you to change the laws. Anthony Weiner says, I need you to change the laws. Eric Adams says, I need you to change the laws. But there are some people who say, you don't need any new laws. All you need to do is enforce the laws we have. And what he did very helpfully, the speaker, is he put out a tweet where he listed several things that, in his view, um, uh, Joe Biden can do without any legislation whatsoever. And when we come back from the break, I'm going to look at those, explain to you what he said, and see if he's right. That we don't need a new law. We just need Joe Biden to do his job. And after that, we'll take some of your calls. And we're going to let this go into the second hour, I think. I, usually we do two issues. This is so much going on today because in addition to all of that, we do have a new proposal that's actually going to be voted on by your representatives very soon. So uh, our lines are full up. We're only doing immigration calls t- today. So if you're on hold waiting to talk about something that's not immigration, we're going to free up that line for someone who is. It's great to have you along. We're trying to honor this debate. In a way that that treats it as if everyone is on the level, and that people are of good faith. I know that I am, and I'm glad you're here with us. And we're we'll right back.
1: The Middle with Anthony Weiner on WABC. I know Anthony Weiner for a long time. He was a really bad guy. Taking a step back to look at things with a new perspective. Anthony Weiner, I'm not a big fan. It's The Middle with Anthony Weiner. Doubt. I don't believe that anybody feels the way I do about you now. And all the roads we have
8: to walk are winding. And all the lights
1: I need is there are blinding.
2: And welcome back to the middle. That's Oasis bringing us in with Wonderwall. So when we left i I caught you up by where we are it, it, in in Washington today that the speaker what made a speech a speech on the floor this thing is dead on arrival and the reason it's dead on arrival is that you have to arrest in his theory you have to arrest all thirteen point five million people no matter how they're behaving in our country, no matter how long they've been here because in his words you can't have one person breaking the law that's too many, so he's refusing to do anything okay. So he was widely criticized for that and had trouble coming up with an explanation. And so he then pivoted to be like, OK, we just want Joe Biden to do what Joe Biden is supposed to do. And he helpfully put out a Twitter post that explained what he meant by that. And this actually comes up a lot. 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222, WienerWABC at com. Some people say that. That to me, and I've tried to explain this over time, but maybe I haven't done a, a good enough job. So when his post, Johnson points out a section of the Immigration and Naturalization, Naturalization Act. Now, it's important to understand that the immigration laws, like a lot of laws, both restricts and empowers the president in certain ways. Sometimes it says you shall. Sometimes it says you may. Sometimes it says you may not. But this section, this section 212f of the 1952 Immigration Nationality Act, says the president may suspend the entry or impose restrictions he may to be deemed to be appropriate for anyone that would be detrimental to the interests of the United States. Well, that seems pretty clear, right? He can stop anyone if he thinks it's it's right for the country. The only problem is the same laws. The same law also says, that I've read this one to you a dozen times, that if you are here in the United States, however you got here, and you ask for asylum, there's a process to go through, that you are then here lawfully, and that's what a lot of people are playing for. The two things are both in the law. So when Speaker Johnson says, oh, he's got this authority, he forgets that there's this other thing, and it's not like this thing has never been tested before. Donald Trump tried to use that section to restrict wait for it asylum he wasn't able to do it because the court stepped in and said no there's a conflict in the law congress has to clarify which takes precedent so that's the power that johnson claims that joe biden has now he goes on to say other things he says he says um you can use expedited removal that and but Biden is using 178,000 people have been expeditedly removed, and were, were, were and and many have been detained, but you're exempt from expedited removal if you apply for asylum, and that's how overwhelming numbers of people are coming in right now. 178,000 people got 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 removed last year. Also, Speaker Johnson says, "Wait a minute, you've got detention laws that you can use," and Joe Biden says. Fine. Where do you want me to detain them? Give me the money to build prisons upon prisons upon prisons upon prisons. Give me facilities that are that are that can handle children, because now the courts have set up all these ways that you you can't separate parent uh, children from their families and they have to be released within 20 days. They're not. Speaker Johnson could tomorrow put a bill on the floor saying here's seven billion, 10 billion, 20 billion dollars for that. There's just no space for them anymore. Then Speaker Johnson says, and catch and release. All right. Now, catch and release is perhaps the dumbest political phrasing of this. When immigration officers confront someone, they have always had, under Trump, under Eisenhower, under Carter, under Biden, they always have discretion on who they hold and who they say, come back for your hearing. And again, if you want to take away that discretion, which was used by the Trump administration to say that every single human being that crosses over has to be imprisoned, fine. Congress needs to allocate the money to build city, like a, a, thousands upon thousands of cells for people to be held in. So he says, and catch release, like, like Joe Biden can do it. No, unless Congress gives them the money on some place to put them, Joe Biden can't do it. And then the final one, which I've talked about maybe 500 times, reinstate remain in Mexico. Reinstate have Mexico solve our problem for us is not an option so long as Mexico says they're not going to. That's a great option. By the way, you can make it remain in Venezuela, too, or remain in, in Portugal. You can come up with a phrase for it. But the Mexicans are not willing to have hundreds of thousands of people on their northern border just kind of sitting. And even if they did, what if tomorrow you don't think they'd say, hey, the United States, who's going to pay for us for us to cooperate with this thing? Which is why it collapsed the last time. So for all of the people out there who are like, oh, why doesn't Joe Biden just do his job? This is Congress's job. That's my opinion. This is Congress's job. Now, I think Johnson, the Speaker of the House, knows that. But I also think that he's responding to people in his party who say we don't really want to solve this problem. We don't really want to have this, you know, thing where we come up with it. So today they have a plan, and I think it's the best one that Republicans are going to get. And it basically says, gives the president, Biden, Trump, Haley, Kennedy, whoever the next president is, the authority to slash the asylum program, to to make it so they, they have an, a preliminary interview, not a whole hearing, a preliminary interview, and then those people get turned away if they, and that happens immediately. This is the Anthony. Remember, when I talked to you about this. This is basically the Anthony Weiner plan from several weeks ago. And as more people show up, it gives the new the president more and more authority to curtail the asylum program more and more. Now, you might have heard Joe Biden say, give me the authority to close the border, I'll close the border. Now, here's the thing about that. That one of the things, remember how how um, Bill O'Reilly got this wrong? He thought y- you had to come in at a border crossing. And I said, if you want to do that, you have to change the law. And he said that I was wrong. I proved him wrong. And he went back into whatever you know, whatever issue he, whatever next book he was writing. Well, one of the things in this law is to make the change to say that you've got to cross over at a designated uh, crossing. I think that's perfectly reasonable. I think that's perfectly reasonable. A lot of people are opposed to it. But I think it's perfectly reasonable. So why do I say this is the best deal that I think that Republicans are going to get? Because if if Donald Trump becomes the president next year, I doubt very much that Republicans are going to get a better deal out of a divided Congress than this. This is basically what people have been asking for. Oh, the one final thing is, you know, we in state Title 42, again, if you've heard this before, Title 42 is in the health code, Title 42 is uh, can only be put in place if you declare a, a COVID emergency again. And with that comes mass mandates and all this other kind of stuff. So that's where we are. That's what's wrong with Johnson's speech. That's what's wrong with his position. So we're now back to where we were, which is, whose side are you on, my listener? That says, don't fix this problem. So it makes it a, a liability for Joe Biden. Or... Do a deal. That's what what members of Congress were sent to Washington to decide. And when we come back from the break, we'll go straight to calls. And I don't think we're going to get a chance to do a second issue at the top of the hour, so we'll stick with immigration. And, again, I'm assuming good faith. If people want to call and do political lines with me, I'll hear you, but I'm not going to engage it. We're going to talk about the actual substance of these things because I think a lot of people are confused, and I'm doing the best I can today to try to clear up some of that confusion. It's Anthony Wiener. It's The Middle. We'll see you on the other side of the break.
1: It's The Middle with Anthony Weiner on WABC. I know Anthony Weiner for a long time. He was a really bad guy. Taking a step back to look at things with a new perspective. Anthony Weiner, um, I'm not a big fan. It's The Middle with Anthony Weiner. I've heard people say that too much of anything is not good for you, baby. But I don't know about that. As many times as we've loved and we've shared love and made love, it's, it doesn't seem to me like it's enough. It's just not enough, babe. It's just not enough.
8: Oh, enough.
2: Welcome back to the middle. Uh, so we're going to do some calls about immigration reform. 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. taking you to 4 o'clock, and I just got the text, and I'll tell you what it says about who it is that is going to be debating me today on Left versus Right. I'll, I'll clue you in on that at the top of the hour. Let's do some calls first while we have some time. Tim in Queens, welcome aboard, Tim. Hey, good
7: afternoon, Anthony Weiner. Um, First of all, I love the show. I'm kind of in the middle like you on a lot of issues. Um, Let me say this, if it were not for the Southern border, I would most likely vote for Biden. I think Biden's done a great job on some things like the infrastructure bill. I think that was tremendous, the Chips Act. He has a lot to run on. But I think the Southern border has been an unmitigated disaster. I am so uh, perturbed and upset by it. Look, I just did some quick numbers as far as the Senate bill is concerned, um, 5,000 a day. I just did some rough numbers. That's 1.8 million illegal immigrants per year. So the Senate bill basically says if we allow in 1.8 million people per year to abuse the asylum process, then we'll close. No, down that's the border. not
2: that's not that, that that's not people that get let in. Those are just encounters. Those are people who apply. Those are people who show up. Those are people that, that's a misreading of that number. It's not how many come in illegally. It's just how many people show up. And the idea is that we need some kind of a circuit breaker when there are big influxes to give the president the authority to change the rules to make it harder to get in.
7: I think the president has that authority right now. He could shut down the border tomorrow. He cannot. But what happened was he when cannot. Biden came in, the, what, what did he do the first day when he got in? The very first day, his first executive order was to say, hey, everyone, I'm no longer b- building the border wall. The word went out on the street. And first now of all, there's not an executive the order.
2: The, 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 what he also did was sent legislation up to the Hill to reform the system
7: been legislation going back and forth to the hill for 20 years right that's
2: like, right why is, fact, that? why is that why Sam?
7: is that why is it that it's never been worse than right now it's Be, never been worse Well, by
2: ever. the way 2019 2019 i mean uh yeah 2019 we had we had a a, a, a migrant flow that we called call the caravans coming from el salvador which was the reason that that um that that uh that uh donald trump used as an excuse to separate families and everything else We've, this isn't one. This isn't a new thing. The migration flow from the south has been a problem for generations. The only difference is in is now we have a mindset that says we're not going to fix it. But I just want to make sure you understand, Tim, that the number that is in this compromise gives the president more authority to shut it down based on when there's more people flowing in. One set of rules for for people declaring who, who are here de- declaring asylum, if more than 5,000 encounters happen, then they can go to a different set of rules which gives the president, Trump or Biden, more authority to limit it. That's what you want, isn't it? Saying that
7: number of 5,000 is far too many. That comes out to 1.8 million a year. You that want to there to be you – you that's not
2: 1.8 million a year you're doing – you're misunderstanding how this works. And I get – I understand why you are, Tim, and I appreciate your calling because you've had so many people lying to you so consistently. This is not how many undocumented people can come into our country. That's not what that number is. Is right now there's a whole set of laws about how people need to get processed if they come in and declare, I want asylum. Okay. It's a, it's a system that takes, requires a hearing and it requires a court case and it requires an interview and everything else. What this rule, what this new law would say is if we have a lot of people coming in and we can't keep up with the flow, it gives the president more authority to say, no, we go to this new shortened thing. Or if necessary, we say we're not going to take any applicants for asylum. That's what you want, Tim. That's what opponents of the present policy want. But someone has told you, because they're trying to use a fig leaf to cover up the idea that they want no fix at all, that that means 5,000 illegal people coming in. That's not what this bill says. And I totally get why Tim has that impression. Because people like Speaker Johnson are clearly making – he does know better than that. Right now, if you are declaring asylum coming into the United States – and you are anywhere standing in the United States, however you got there, and you say, I declare asylum, it is about a six-year, 5 years, whatever it is, wait before, before you get processed. This compromised thing would say no. You go immediately have a shortened version of a questionnaire. If you fail that questionnaire, you get turned right back out right there. This is like the Anthony Wiener plan where I said they should line up trailers and have hearings at the, at the border. And then it gives them permission to hold them. And theoretically, it gives more resources to hold them, et cetera. All the things that people who oppose immigration say they want, and now they're getting it like, no, I don't like it. They don't like it because it's solving a problem that Americans really want to solve. And that's what government's supposed to do. And what Joe Biden is saying is, hey, I'm here to solve problems. I'm here to try to fix things. And you're either on that bandwagon or you're under that bandwagon because that's what they're trying to do. And if... If every Republican votes it down because it would help Joe Biden, a pox on their house. And we'll be back right after this break.
1: To make change. Reaching across the aisle to work with both sides. Before all this happened, Anthony Weiner he was fantastic. That guy could have been the president. This is The Middle with Anthony Weiner. But Weiner may be my greatest challenge yet. He has gone toe-to-toe with many pundits before me. On WABC. It's been one week since you looked at me.
8: Rocked your hand on the side and said I'm angry. Five days since you laughed at me. This Together, come back and see me, three
1: days is the living room I realized it's all my fault but couldn't tell you yesterday given me, but then it'll still be too till I say I'm sorry. holding now what's a hoodwink? Does it make you stop think? You'll think you're looking at Aquaman. I summon fish to the dish, although I like the shally swiss, I like
6: the sushi, cause it's never touched a frying pan. Hot like wasabi when I bust rhymes, speak like Leanne rhymes, because I'm all
2: about value. Bert camper has got the mad hits, you try to match wits, you try to hold me but a bust through. Gonna make a break and take a bake out like a sink and and shake out like vanilla? It's the finest of the flavors. Gonna see the showcase and you'll know the vertigo is gonna go. cause it's so dangerous, you'll have to sign a waiver. Can I help it if the you're funny when you mad Trying hard and just smile though I
8: feel
2: bad I'm the kind of guy who laughs at a funeral can't understand what I mean and welcome back of the to the middle, middle. I'm Anthony yeah, this is hour number two I'll be taking you until four o'clock and then left versus right the rumble in the concrete ch- ch- jumble which has got the text just and it's exactly like someone had loaded up the text to send me one hour before it is going to be Filling in for John Katsimatidis, let me see what this, I can't pronounce this, it looks like Curtis slewa I don't, I don't know. I mean, Curtis and I, when we do our show, it's usually much more conversational, they want us to do some kind of big debate thing, and just, just to make it easier on Curtis, I'm going to make thing, half the debate, just about this outrage of these migrants attacking New York cops. We can talk about, talk about that. So we're talking about immigration. A lot of calls on the board, 800 eight four wabc 800 WABC 9222 wienerwabc at gmail.com. Let's try to get to some of these questions now that we've kind of set up the conversation that we kind of have a common vocabulary about it. Let's have some, um, some conversation, see if we can solve the world's problems. Let's go to Mike and Wayne. Hey, Mike, welcome aboard.
9: Anthony, how are you doing? I appreciate if you let me get my point across before you uh, say your spiel. Um, You said back in Irish when they migrated here that our country was opened? First of all, okay, that never happened. Number 1. Number 2, numbers don't lie, Anthony. Look how many illegal migrants have came here under Biden. Look how many have come under Trump. Trump over 1800 migrants have died trying to come here under Biden. Guess how many died trying to come here under Trump in his whole 4 years, Anthony? 186, Anthony. Biden stopped, stop staying in Mexico it worked
2: and you speak like oh what's mexico going to going to have all these people i don't care all right, Mexico's all right, mike, mike, Anthony. mike mike let me let me just catch up S- stick with us i'm not going to hang up on you but i got to catch up i mean you you're deluging so much stuff at me um let's do i already fried all right let's do uh the 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 idea that Remain in Mexico. I'll go in reverse. You see, the problem is, Mike, you threw so much at me. Remain in Mexico is a policy that Mexico has to agree with. If right. we have right? <laughs> Mexico has to agree with that. That's That's what we're telling. It's our immigration policy can't be hold people really in Mexico. Right, Mike? That's fine, Anthony. Why, okay. why? But why?
9: Wait, wait a second. Trump had twenty-six thousand Mexican soldiers at the border. Mexican's leader is laughing at us. He's putting people on trains,
2: making it easier for them to get here. They're put on buses so in Mexico, so you agree? It so you agree? So Mike, 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 you, so you agree? We need the compliance of Mexico for Mexico to take our migrants. Do you agree with that? Excuse me, I'm, I didn't hear what you said. We need. Me, we, there, there's, we need Mexico. It was an agreement with Mexico. We did not. It wasn't a law that Donald Trump passed. It was an agreement with Mexico. Right, because
9: Trump pulls hard sanctions on them, and if they didn't do what we said, well, guess what? Our hard sanctions
2: are going to cripple. Well, your hard sanctions. And that's the way it should be. You're, okay, your hard sanctions on Mexico. If Mexico doesn't have, there's not the section in our law that says we're going to keep. Why Mexico want to keep in Venezuela? Why are these people
9: our problems, Anthony? It's they, not my problem. My, by, you know, oh, I, oh
2: I, I remember. I remember the thing that you said that 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 that, 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 that belied a misunderstanding. We had about a hundred years of, the, of our country. No, more than that, about one hundred and thirty years of our country when our immigration policy was: please come here and fill up our country and give us workers. The first wave that the, the first the, the waves that came in here that are portrayed of people coming through Ellis Island were there, there wasn't this whole regimen of laws about who can come in and who can't. You came in. If you were sick, you were put in a room a little while to get better. And it didn't matter if you were eight years old and then you were sent sa- you were sent on your way. Of course, the laws change. Of course, it's not that way anymore. Let's go to Richard in Texas. Hey, Richard, welcome back.
5: Good afternoon. How are you?
2: I'm well, I've thank you. i am trying
5: to get on for many, many weeks.
2: I apologize for that, now, Richard.
5: I'm not going to throw a lot at you because even though you throw a lot at us, obviously I shouldn't throw a lot at you. So I'm going to try to make it as simple as possible. Under no circumstances should there be any rule with the uh, Democratic administration because this Democratic administration, for the most part, does believe in open borders. And your uh, politicians in Congress – And in New York and in other cities have basically said that. So this isn't something I'm making up. Second thing is, if they bring in 5,000 a day, it is 1.8 million. The Homeland Security Chief under uh, Biden said they can only do 1,000 a day. Second thing is, you want to put it in the hands of a man named Biden, who is the President of the United States, who wants to be in control when
2: he should shut the border. That's wait, sort of what, but like, Richard, hey, let me, wait, no, on, it's, it's not, hold on, a, but, like but like, let me, I'm I'm not going to cut you off, but no, we want to give tools to ICE officers of who they can, who they can, 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 re, who they can arrest, what process they do when these people come in. We have laws, Richard. So right now, Joe Biden's not at the border. All these ICE officers are. We want to give them the tools to be able to say you can't come in. The tool, though, is in Biden's hands. No, it's not. Uh, Richard, Richard, it, Richard, the Richard, the asylum laws. I've explained it to you so many times. I can't believe you of all people I need to explain it to you again. If what the deal would do that you want to say no to would be to change the asylum laws to make it harder to use the way it's being used by people right now. And so they can be they can be removed from the country. Isn't that what you want?
5: I want is close the borders up like Trump had it. And let's get Trump. All right. OK, Richard, I
2: am going to assume uh, Richard, I'm going to assume good faith because I've come to know you. You are a guest on a podcast. I'm going to assume good faith. Donald Trump tried to close the border to asylees and failed. He was stopped by the courts because he didn't have the wait for it. Wait for it. He didn't have the legal authority to do that. Now we're giving Donald Trump the legal authority to do it. Why are you opposed?
5: Not Donald Trump. You mean you want to give Biden the No,
2: whoever authority. the next president is. Your bozo, okay. Donald Trump, might get elected. He will have that authority okay. he
4: didn't have you know when he what? was
2: in. Do you know what I read on my iPhone today? I you didn't read yeah. it on your iPhone. It just was presented to you that format. It could have been written anywhere, but go ahead. Right. 158
5: million, the mayor has requested to find more housing for these people. Fifty seven million. This is just in New York. By Richard,
2: way. Richard, uh, for the love of God, scary? Richard, the, the, the surest sign of a scoundrel is changing the subject when I say something that he doesn't like. OK, Richard is a good man. So I'm going to assume good faith. That's the, the byline of this entire conversation. So Richard said, just close the border, stop asylees from coming in, just do it. And he said, quote, like Donald Trump. I ask you, my brothers and sisters, did Donald Trump do that? He tried, and a court stopped him because a court said you don't have the authority to stop asylees without changing the law. Wait for it now. The proposal that's on the table is to change the law that would have allowed Donald Trump, would allow Joe Biden, and would allow the future president to do it. And Richard says, change the subject. No, we're going to have fidelity to the conversation here. We're going to have the conversation. And as far as the 5,000, that adds up to something else. All it does is it says there are people who are coming here for asylum. Here's the law and how they do it. Let's change the law and give the president the authority that if there are too many people coming in seeking asylum, give him more and more increasing tools to stop it. And the 5,000 number is something that that these are encounters. These are not people crossing the border. These are just encounters that then allows the the, uh, ICE, allows Homeland Security to say, okay, it's 5,000, now we go to DEFCON 2, which allows us to no longer have to do A, B, C, or D. We can just turn these people right around, or they have to come through a border crossing or whatnot. That's called legislating. Now, if you don't want it because you think it's a bad idea, okay, tell me why you think it's a bad idea. But if you don't like it just because Joe Biden is the president who's going to be doing it, then I remind you that the next president is going to have it also. That's the way laws work. And Donald Trump tried in 2017 and 18 to stop asylees from from asylum and, and turning them away. And the court said you have to change the law. And by the way, while I have everyone's attention, do you recall Donald Trump doing that? Do you recall Donald Trump putting together a team and negotiating and changing the law? He had the House, he had the Senate, he had the presidency. Any knucklehead president with that kind of lineup who wants to do something like this would have been able to do it. Did he do it? No, because he can't legislate his way out of a paper bag. He's a knucklehead. He doesn't know how to do stuff like that. Well, Joe Biden's doing it for him. You think Joe, you think Donald Trump's going to get elected? He is now going to be able to use this law to, to, to change the way they deal with the asylees to have few of them showing up uh, um, in our country. That's progress. That's a good thing. Unless you're all about the politics, unless all you care about is your team winning. And I want to tell you something. A lot of people who listen to this conversation say, wait a minute, I'm going to reward people who vote for good things. And I don't want to have Lawler, Esposito, Maliotakis, these people who say, oh, I'm a different kind of Republican. I'm trying to get stuff done. They're going to go back and explain why they wouldn't even bring this thing up to the floor that would have closed the border for asylees. Good luck with that. Let's see if people really reward Donald Trump for that. Let's go to Carl in Queens. Hey, Carl.
8: Hey, Anthony. Nice talking to you. My pleasure, pal. uh, You know, I listen to you and Curtis all the time and John Matias and this thing with the border, Anthony. You know, three years, the country's a mess. You know, and the only guy that's there is Biden. You know, Trump didn't have a chance to begin with because everybody was against him. As we see, they're trying to lock him up for all the crazy shit they're doing, Right. So, Anthony, why do you continue to try to save Biden? Well, I got—I I appreciate,
2: it. Carl. I appreciate—we don't use that kind of salty language here. I don't know. I have a little bias in favor of Biden. You know, fourteen point three million new jobs—way more. Donald Trump lost jobs in his administration. People having their student debt uh, um, are relieved. Insulin, people who have done insulin are now capped at $35 a month. The, 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 the higher performance on Wall Street than our nation's history, a trillion dollars repairing the infrastructure in our country when, when Donald Trump couldn't even muster infrastructure day, let alone infrastructure bill. The investment in the CHIPS Act. I have a little weakness protecting our veterans against burn pits. I have a weakness for presidents that go out and get stuff done and improve our country. I kind of like that. I have a a weakness for guys like that. I kind of like that. And Donald Trump in four years was a failed president. He left the, the first president since Herbert Hoover that lost jobs during his administration. And here we're talking about immigration to get us back to immigration. Donald Trump made immigration the singular issue of his campaign. Walked down that escalator, said immigration, Mexicans are rapists and all this other kind of stuff. What did you do about it? What are you do?
8: Worth of our weapons. What's that, Carl? About that, What's that, Carl? I, about I missed that. Eighty-five billion dollars worth of military equipment. First of all, it,
2: let them pay oh, for stuff. the love of God! First of all, it was not eighty-five billion dollars. Second of all, who negotiated the deal that to leave Afghanistan? Not the way he wanted to leave it. Oh, that's right. Oh, oh, wait, hold on, hold on, hours. Carl. We released fifteen hundred. Taliban terrorists under Donald Trump as part of that deal. And it's still, they still attacked us. You, you, was that a good idea or a bad idea? I don't believe it, Ed. Oh, you know, okay, there you go. That's, that's one way to deal with facts. Just say you don't believe them. Ask his own administration. His own administration complained about it. Let's go to Glenn in New Jersey. Hi, Glenn.
10: Hi, Mr. Weiner. Uh, I don't know if you're still under mental health care, but I just came from seeing patients. You have to calm down. You are getting so angry. I I can't even imagine what your face looks like, what your heart rate looks like. I know you're very passionate about your party, your politics, your tragic life, but you have to get your anger under control. I stepped in the car from the hospital. I heard all this yelling. I, I'm not sure it gets ratings, but it's unhealthy for you, your son, and whoever you're with.
2: Glenn, Glenn.
10: And you and you know this because I can
2: tell. Glenn, could have under- poss- treatment for this and you haven't reduced it. Could it possibly be? And this is just possible. I'm not stipulating to this. Could it possibly be performative?
10: Hey, believe me, I understand, but I see twenty five hundred patients a year. I can tell <laughs> when you have an issue. You have I know what your some of your issues are, the whole public does, but you have got to calm down a little Glenn, bit. I Glenn answer your
2: voice. Glen, Glenn, could it possibly be that the zeitgeist I'm in, that the genre I participate on is one that rewards a certain amount of hyperbole. Could that possibly be, Glenn? You're not A a Jewish version of Bob Grant. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute. First of all, that's a high bar. That's a high bar.
10: And he had his own issues. When I was a kid, my father used to listen to him. I'm telling you, performative or not, it is not a good demonstration, especially to your son. Today, to, anger has to be reserved. You but get Glenn, marishness. Glenn, but I, I know I, how your face
2: I is am not, red right now. I am not I am not gonna disagree with you. I will, however, say that the un, that the state you are not listening to NPR right now. You're not listening to to uh uh firing line. This is a – you're listening to AM radio on a conservative radio station, and I have to get worked up enough for two hours to produce – You know, and, and I want to tell you something. I am of de- – I'm deeply conflicted about this whole issue, Glenn, and you and I should get together off mic and we should have a cup of coffee. I'm deeply conflicted. I think that there are some people who like the idea of me losing my mind. They like me my head spinning off my shoulders talking about this stuff. And one way that we cannot have it happen I really do appreciate your calling is if people didn't call in and say disingenuous, dishonest, wrong-headed things, I think I would be much calmer. So I say to Glenn and to my listeners that if you're one of those people that is concerned for my well-being, thank you. I appreciate it. I don't drink, I don't smoke. I, um, I play hockey, but this is my opportunity to get at and be a little bit more fired up. And I'm not the only one on the station that does it, but maybe I do it a little bit too much. But if you are really concerned, feel free to call up and use facts. Feel free to call up and not parrot talking points. Feel free to call up and explain why someone with 91 indictments doesn't being your candidate doesn't bother you. Feel free to call up and, and, and tell me why it's not problematic that a Speaker of the House says I'm not even going to consider a bill that fix our number one problem in our country right now. You can call up and explain to me why it's the, the Republican position now is to support Putin against, against Ukraine and support Hamas against Israel, how that can be the Republican position right now. And I think I probably then would be a little bit more calm. But I appreciate Glenn and I appreciate all of you being concerned. For my well being, and we'll see you on the other side of the brain.
8: Trying hard not to smile, but we'll feel bad. I'm the kind of guy who laughs at a funeral. Can't understand what I mean, you soon will.
7: I have a tendency to wear my mind on my sleeve. I have a history of losing my shirt. It's been one week
8: since you looked at me. Dropped your arms to the sides and said, I'm sorry. Five nations I laughed at you and said, You just did just what I thought you were gonna do.
1: It's a living room. We realize we're both to blame, but what did we do yesterday? You just smiled and made us. It'll still be two days till we say we're sorry. It'll still be two days till we say we're sorry. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto parts. It's the left versus the right. In the right corner, it's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa. In the left corner, it's Anthony Weiner. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest it's the middle with anthony Weiner on wabc i know anthony Weiner for a long time he was a really bad guy taking a step back to look at things with a new perspective anthony Weiner, um i'm not a big fan it's the middle with anthony Weiner.
2: with a little bit of help. We're talking about immigration today, 800-848-WABC, 800 848 think a few more calls. At the top of the hour, left versus right, it's now been confirmed. It is Curtis Lewa. I, I guess we're going to do more rumbling in the concrete jumbling. So I don't know what to make of this. It could be that John is just resting up. John Katsimatidis has been doing it with me for the last few weeks. And this is part of the effort here at 77 WABC to get into the head of the 2024 calendar year. We're going to have some primaries. There's going to be a lot of court cases. But ultimately, this is going to be a close election. It's going to come right down. The Senate is on the line. Republicans are favored to take back the Senate, the House. I would say the, the Democrats are favored to take back the House. It's a toss-up. Some good polls for Trump, some good polls for Biden. But immigration is going to be one of those issues. and. um and so we here at 77 WBC, I mean, there really is, and it's an admirable thing, a commitment to get both sides. And so we're going to be doing more of these types of debates on left versus right. So let's see. Curtis and I are going to try to fill in for John. Uh, and John may be back. John may be trying to find someone else. Maybe this is just going to keep throwing people at me and see, see how long it takes to, to grind me down. So let's go back to the phones. J.W. and Westchester, welcome back.
8: I'm glad that you're back on with Curtis. I love Curtis, although he's he's a little bit too, uh, he's too nice to you. Anyway, I got four quick points about the border. Uh, number one is illegal immigrants um, that are beating up NYPD cops and then they get released, that's number one. Number two is that the sovereignty of a country Uh, Part of the sovereignty of a country is based on its border and border patrol, border, um, you know, uh, laws and and, and regulations. Number three is there's a there's a great video out there that contrasts uh, our southern border in Texas where the federal agents are cutting the uh, razor razor uh, wire. And then helping immigrants come up the bank off of the uh, Rio Grande. Um, And they contrast that with the border between Belarus and Poland, where I think people are coming in from Ukraine through Belarus and trying to get to Poland into other countries for, for true, true asylum, true asylum. That border has four vertical levels. Of razor wire, uh, and then it has ten thousand troops. Nobody's getting through. Nobody's coming from Belarus into Poland. And number four is well, coincidentally, Article Four, Section Four of the Constitution, where uh, you know the government is supposed to uh, protect each and every state from invasion. And that's all I got.
2: All right. Well, thank you, J. W. This time I took notes, so I got all the first thing uh anyone undocumented illegal anyone who beats up a cop we should throw the book at them it's outrageous that these guys were um were were not held pending uh, pending bail sovereignty yeah and how do we protect our sovereignty we protect it with laws the laws need to be updated periodically we're trying to do that now hopefully jw and others support it the difference between our border and the belarusian border is night and day there is no immigration system on earth that as many people want to come to the united states to this one border than has been it has been that like, way for a long time there we if you want people to be arrested or seized or stopped you need to hire a bunch more people to do it you need a bunch more people to patrol a bunch more prison cells a bunch more holding cells and everything a bunch more airplane flights everything else and all i i i would hope that someone looks at the budget that the Republicans are proposing and look for all of those things in the budget. Because if you want to arrest these people, you've got to put them somewhere. And if Johnson's right, that all 13.5 million people who are undocumented in this country right now have to all be rounded up, then that means hiring not tens of thousands, but hundreds of thousands of new um, officers. If you want to propose that, and that's the kind of country that, that we're going to have, fine. But in that case, propose it. Be honest about it. And the third thing about Article 4, Section 4, yes, there, there's no doubt, but... If you are going to consider what is going on in Ukraine and Russia, that's an invasion. People coming to our southern border, uh, if you want to start interpreting that someone coming to our southern border in large numbers is the same thing as a military invasion, uh, all I would say is go ask the Supreme Court how they interpret it. And the Supreme Court, again and again, as recently as two weeks ago, said that, no, immigration laws have to be done by the federal government. And if you don't think that's right... Then when Donald Trump, if he ever becomes president, and then New York creates its own immigration laws on its border with Canada, how would you feel about that? So that's my response. But thank you, J.W., for bringing a lot to the table. Next, let's go to Wendy in Long Island. Hey, Wendy.
4: Yeah, hey there. Good afternoon. So regarding the 91 indictments against Trump, everyone knows that's 91 indictments of horse manure. Secondly, when Biden came into office, All he had to do was leave in what was negotiated by Trump in Mexico alone, and we wouldn't have this problem. But he wanted to have more people come in and overwhelm the system and create lots of new Democrat um, voters.
2: All right, well, let me – Wendy, Wendy, hold on. I'm going to let you finish. I'm going to let you finish. But how does someone coming in that's not eligible to vote, will not be eligible to vote at minimum 30 years from now, who came from a socialist country, why would they vote for Biden?
4: Everyone knows that new immigrants usually vote Democrat. Oh,
2: well, let me ask yes. you about that, Wendy. Okay. Let, yes. we, if everyone knows that, then how come that hasn't been the case in Texas?
4: They're voting Democrat. No, they're not. I wish. Okay. <laughs> I wish. Okay. You know what? If the people that were coming over from the border were going to be thought to vote Republican, not... Nancy Pelosi would have gone down there and built the There's wall. There's no herself.
2: voting. These people are not voting, Wendy. Snap out of it. There's no voting going on with these people. These people are not eligible to vote.
4: Is a long-term goal, and we don't even know how many of them are voting anyhow. Look, they vote locally. You don't even have to they be a citizen. They don't. You vote don't locally. You don't have to be a citizen. Wendy, where do you live? You in live on federal. Lo- yes, you do. Funds. No, you don't. You do. You live in you New York State. Do you people live in New York State? People in California they vote locally in, all over. When did you live in New York State? I do live in New York.
2: State. I live in New York State too. Can they vote in our state?
4: Didn't they just? Castle Law in New York City. No, they, they yeah, tried. Did. They, they, did they it, tried. They done? tried. It was stopped by the courts. Thank God, but it's not. God, right God didn't in do it. The law. God didn't do it. The law did it. Man
2: did it. Man wrote the laws, just like we're trying to write these laws. Come on, Wendy, catch up a little bit. Maybe that guy before is right. Maybe I do need to relax a little bit. Can we pause here and maybe do some some yoga? Can we do we have any soothing music back there? I can do some yoga. I mean instead of that. Let's just go to Jerry New Jersey. Here are you he, he always relaxes me. Hey Jerry. Hi, Anthony. I want to make a
0: couple quick points uh on First Fannie Willis uh, and her sidekick there with well,
2: hey Jerry, Jerry, we're doing immigration today. So will you yeah, have anything I'm on immigration?
0: immigration? Yes. Okay. So the border Trump did everything that was necessary at the border. He did a great job. You've got to look at the performance. That's the bottom line. And he did great performance on the economy. 13 million was skewed by the pandemic. It's like Biden. We went from $6 gas down to 2 uh with Trump. And then Biden put it back up to 8 in California and things like that. Now he's down to 5 or 6 and he's bragging BS. But getting back to the border, anyway, uh, the border – Trump did a great job. I would go for the law, you're saying, except instead of 5,000, if more than 500 come to the border. Can, then
2: can I, day. Jerry, before you move off Trump's great performance at the border. Sure. Um, were, assemb- were asylees allowed to come in just like they are today under under uh, Trump?
0: It doesn't matter the minutiae that you want to I'm get I'm just asking. That's, that's not minutiae. That's, of of, that's,
2: that's kind of a big deal. It it's kind of a big deal. Could they were allowed to come in just as they are today under Trump, and didn't hundreds of thousands of them do it?
0: Irrelevant, Anthony. He won the battle at the border. The Democrats were throwing it. s fit. You got to
2: be kidding me. Wait a me. minute. Hold on
0: a second. He's you said he won the Anthony, battle of the border. You're what? My news, Anthony. No, no, Jerry. Jerry. Jerry.
2: Here. Let me just turn. Jerry. I'm. I'm not cutting you off. I'm just turning you down a little bit. If the premise is that Trump did a good job at the border, then I'm just looking for the evidence of that. The laws that we have today are the Trump laws. Did he did he separate families? He tried, and then the courts said you can't do that. Did he try to, to uh, shut down the asylum laws? He tried, and then the courts said you couldn't. So I'm just puzzled. If everyone doesn't like the immigration laws today, where was Donald Trump? Tell me one law that Donald Trump changed that you like, Jerry. Well, what did he do that you like? Okay, he enforced law. That's why
0: Chicago... New York and L.A. and those places that didn't have the problems they have today, Anthony. He enforced the law. The law is good enough. Just enforce it. Come on, man. You know, I knew Bob Grant.
2: What about – hold on, Jerry, Jerry. Bob so Grant. you believe that the – asylum? Bob- you believe, hold on, Jerry. I, I know you want to do a thing on Bob Grant. You said – we're going to try to do this in the form of a conversation. You said that the laws were fine. Just enforce them. What about the asylum law that right now permits people to, to appear our, on our land – and say, I want asylum, and now we have a backlog of of hundreds of thousands of people waiting to do that. You think that law was fine under, under Trump? The law is fine. You don't let them get on the soil here. It doesn't. It, it doesn't. Once That's it doesn't, it, it, you don't understand the law. I tried to read it to you several for several weeks in a row. Whether when they're here, however they got here, this is why it needs to get fixed with a law that Donald Trump can never do because he couldn't legislate his way out of a paper bag. However they get here, asylees, however they get here, and even if they're out in international water floating to our shore, can say, I request asylum. And then they're here lawfully. You don't think that needs to be fixed?
0: No, but if it does need to be fixed, it needs to be tinkered with slightly on a margin, not five thousand a day, Anthony. It's not Oh, five, like it's, oh for the a love day. of God. Tinkered a day. days. That sounds good to you?
2: No, five hundred a day is fine. It's yeah, not, okay. it's not. It's not five hundred or five thousand. You don't. You need to change the asylum laws. That's not the asylum law that's getting changed. Oh my goodness. Okay, here's the thing. I mean, maybe I am. I am the one who's getting too worked up about this. But we have to separate the politics of this. If Donald, the, 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 the pro, we had this problem under Donald Trump as well. Now, you know, Joe Biden has arrested and, and removed more people than, than Donald Trump did. He has locked up more people than Donald Trump did. That's a fact. Now, all that is, is a reflection of how many people are showing up at our border. Now, we're going to have a little conversation when we get back on, on a, on a level of this that I think we have to think about a little more seriously. And that's what we do to keep these people in their homes where they are so they never make that 5000 mile trek to come here to the United States of America in the first place it's going to be that that's going next level in this conversation but i think you can handle it it's anthony weiner this is the middle so great to have you along
1: new ways to make change. Reaching across the aisle to work with both sides. Before all
6: this happened, Anthony Weiner he was fantastic. That guy could have been the president.
1: This is The Middle with Anthony Weiner. But Weiner may be my greatest challenge yet. He has gone toe-to-toe with many pundits before me. On WABC.
8: Trying to save me, stop holding your breath. And you think I'm crazy, eh, you think I'm crazy,
5: crazy. I wanted to fame, but not the cover of Newsweek. Oh well, guess beggars can't be choosy. Wanted to receive attention from my music. Wanted to be left alone in public, excuse me. They would my cake and eat it too. They wouldn't, it both ways fame made me a balloon. Cause my ego inflated when I'm loosey, but it was confusing. Cause all I wanted to do is be the Bruce Lee of Bruce Lee, Abuse ink. Use it as a tune when I blew steam. Hit the lottery. Ooh, we what I gave up for kitchen. It was bittersweet. It was like winning a used me. I'm fine, cause I think I'm getting so huge. I need a shrink. I'm beginning to lose sleep. One cheap, two sheep. Cool and cooking cookie is cool. Welcome,
9: Welcome back to the middle, middle and on Anthony Wheater, taking you to four
2: o'clock. At four o'clock, left versus right. Rumble jungle rumble jungle. forget it. Forget it. I'm not gonna do it. I don't care what I'm not gonna, Rumble in jungle does not rhyme. You've gotta you gotta rhyme the and then I'll explain this. You've got to rhyme the last syllable. You can't rhyme in middle one. Rumble and jungle just doesn't work. Anyway, Curtis Lee will be coming in. We're talking about immigration. We're also going to talk about the U.S. Uh, response to the uh, Houthi attack on our outpost in Jordan. And uh, we're going to generally do a series of debates. And so that's what we're going to try to do. So before we we broke... I said we were going to try to explore the next level on this immigration conversation. That we can, I mean, just going back and forth on whatever your bumper sticker view is. Here's a question I have for you to ponder. Why do people from Venezuela cross through the north of Colombia, the entire length of Nicaragua, the entire length of Guatemala, the entire length of Mexico to get to our border. What's animating them and motivating them to do it? Now the other day I had us, this conversation with with um, who was I talking to? Was, oh, Dominic Carter. And he said oh, they're coming here because they want they they, they want to sleep at Floyd Bennett Field. They great benefits. No, people are coming here because they obviously see that there's no place that they're that they, they're going to improve their lives by coming here economically, whatever. Now, we have done everything, you and me, my friends, 800 wabc You and I have done everything to chase people out of Venezuela into the United States. We've done it. We've done it by destabilizing their government. We don't like their government. Maduro is a socialist. He's a bad guy. We've done it by boycotting their oil. We've done it by bringing sanctions against them. So what happens? The combination of COVID, the sanctions and everything else, people can't find work. Inflation is at three, 400% and they leave. Now, if you're a family in Venezuela and you're trying to improve your life, do you go to Nicaragua? No, you go through all those countries I just listed, thousands of miles, sometimes with your children going through jungles, paying off coyotes and figuring out a way to get there. Knowing full well you're gonna wind up probably in a cot in Floyd Bennett Field and you're gonna be harassed and you're not gonna be able to work and all these other things. They know that. They know they they know all this stuff. They know what the amnesty law, the, the um asylum laws are. Maybe just maybe oh, I got one other element to this. And since we don't have relations with Venezuela, if we find someone that came here illegally from Venezuela, what do we do with them? Well, we send them back, right? No, we don't have a deal. I think recently we started to negotiate some deals with them. But there are a lot of countries we don't have any relationships with, and then you're arresting this person to be here illegally, and then what are you going to do with them? You'll hold them at infinitum in a prison somewhere. Well, you got to pay for that. So I have a, an idea, a bargain. Why don't we do a little bit more thinking, a little bit more investing, the state department budget's like 1% or something a foreign aid budget if we can do a little bit more to get people to stay in venezuela to get people to maybe make their applications in venezuela maybe to come up with some kind of a of uh, of of a of a system that you know when we start to see countries having problems and there start to be immigration flows that we don't go to those countries and say go F yourselves that we try to figure out ways that maybe we can cooperate a little bit more. A previous caller said, you know, let's threaten Mexico to cooperate with us. Donald Trump says let's put a 10% tariff on every single thing that gets imported into this country. Talk about inflation, crazy policies. But maybe the way to do it is to be a little bit of a a force in the world that says if we were a little bit more concerned about other people's situations where they are – maybe they'll be more inclined to stay there. And maybe the way to deal with immigration is not at the southern border where hundreds of thousands of people have traveled 5,000 miles, but maybe we figure out why they're trying to travel 5,000. Yes, obviously they want to come to to the United States. They want to come to my home city. I get it. I'm glad that my great-great-grandfather, Wolf Wiener, yes, that was his name, Wolf Wiener, did that trip. These people are enduring an enormous amount to do this. And shouldn't we be saying why is really because they they want to be in a they want to be in a shelter somewhere. They're fleeing something nine times out of 10. They're fleeing something. And maybe a policy that we can have. And I wouldn't mind any of my presidential candidates standing up and saying, you know what, I'm going to. Take this tiny part of the budget that we try to figure out ways to keep people in their countries, and I'm going to double it because it's a hell of a lot cheaper than hiring 250,000 or 300,000 immigration officers, whatever Speaker Johnson wants to do. Look, immigration is a little bit of a Roy test for people. They all see in it what their experience is, they all see in it out of concerns, out of fears, out of ambitions, out of whatever. It's not a new phenomenon. But if we can take the fear out of it and just think this through like any other policy prescription we might have for anything, I think we'll be a lot better off. And so the next time a a budget gets passed that says I'm going to slash the number of officers and hearing officers for asylum applicants. So the waiting time goes from three years to six years, and then anyone in Honduras says, wait a minute, I'm going to be there for six years before you even have a hearing? I'll definitely give it a try. If we can, if we can, if, 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 if you ever hear a, a candidate out on the stump saying i think we should round up every undocumented person and then they go back and vote to slash the number of of immigr of immigration officers or they won't increase the number of detention cells then you got to realize they just want the problem traveling 5000 miles from venezuela to the border of the united states is not something that you do Unless you kind of have to. And we should be thinking about maybe, you know, and by the way, this was the same under Donald Trump. We completely destabilized the country of El Salvador. Then we did it with Colombia. And, you know, and when it was back when it was Mexico, when it was it was our demand for drugs that were fueling every dime that went into these drug cartels came from our from our pockets. We funded them. With our voracious demand for drugs. This is what you call nuance. It's what you call context. It doesn't lend itself to the kind of debate we're having where the Speaker of the House of Representatives gets on the floor and says we should have zero people coming in illegally. Yeah, of course we should. (laughs) Of course we should. But where I come from, if you have a law that's not working, you fix it. You don't say, well, the law's not working, so we can't fix it. Now, is it popular to say I want to increase funding for international aid so that people don't come here, that they're not hungry where they are, that we feed them where they are so they don't come here? Or we help build up the economies of these other places so that they're not so desperate? No, all we know how to do is break things. As the expression goes, it takes a great man to build a barn, but any jackass can kick it down. And that's kind of the way our policy has been all around the world, Democrat and Republican alike. And maybe if we change that, We'll have less people showing up at our border. I'm Anthony Weiner. We'll be back to wrap up our number two right after this.
1: It's the middle with Anthony Weiner on WABC. I know Anthony Weiner for a long time. He was a really bad guy. Taking a step back to look at things with a new perspective. Anthony Weiner. um, I'm not a big fan. It's the middle with Anthony Weiner.
2: Welcome back to the middle. Anthony Wiener here, not the king of New York. Curtis Lee was coming in. He might have that title. At 4 o'clock, top of the hour, we're going to have our battle. Never mind. We're going to have our debate. We're going to debate. We're going to have a debate. If you can find something that rhymes with debate, I'll read it. I'm not going to read bungled, jungle, rumble. So we're doing immigration. Let's try to get a few more calls um, out of the way. Jeremy in New Jersey, thank you so much for holding on.
6: Hey, Anthony. Uh, so... Yeah, you were talking about how they make this great trip of 5,000 miles. I've seen people that run a 26-mile marathon that look worse for wear. Now, why is that? And I'm not the only one that notices that. That's because someone is facilitating, or some people are facilitating, the people, the migrants coming over. They have smartphones. They have nice clothing. How do we know this? Because we see them documenting themselves in the smartphones. Curtis has called out Catholic Charities, but – did you know that Alejandro Mayorkas was a, a board member of H-I-A-S, HIAS, a Jewish-run NGO?
8: Yeah, what
2: and is? But Jeremy, Jewish, what's? Yes, there, are people that, that help, there are people that help. There are people that help migrant, help immigrants, help migrants. There are people that help all kinds of people in the world. Yes, what's the point you're making, my friend?
6: How many immigrants does Israel take in? Do
2: they have border walls? Do they have razor wire? Do they have IDF guards on the wall? That's probably not the example you want to use right now, my pal. Do you have any other countries you want to use for that example? Uh, they have thirty thousand immigrants from Sudan and Eritrea.
6: That's how many they have that don't get any social status and get no welfare. So my my idea, because you said you want to help out uh, and make it less desirable for them to come here, how about for every Jewish NGO? that facilitates people coming here, for every two immigrants we take, you take one in Israel. How's that sound?
2: I don't know who the – I don't know what pronouns you're using. I live in Manhattan, used to live in Brooklyn. Uh, but, look, people are coming where they want to go, and they want to come to this country. And that's why they're crossing through countries that, you know, some people – someone just texted me, and I forget her name. It says, well, don't they have to stop at another country before they come to ours? No, we don't have laws that say you got to stop in Guatemala. We don't have Guatemalan laws. We could change that and say you got to go to the nearest embassy or something like that. We can make that change. They want to come to our country. And someone called in earlier says people want to come to from Belarus or whatever it is. Yeah, people have different policies. EU has their policies. People want to come to our country in a way that's unmanageable using the existing laws. So what do you do? We can't move the country, so let's have... Better laws. Why is it so difficult? Why why is that so difficult a concept for people? They say it about everything else. When someone is let off easy, someone says, let's make a tougher law. How come it's not the same way with immigration? So do you want tougher laws or not? And if you want tougher laws, then you vote for people that, you know, vote, uh, vote for the laws. The House of Representatives is now saying we're not going to take this up. President, President Biden proposed hundreds, uh, no, 1,500 new border officers. They didn't take that up. President Biden prov- uh, said millions of dollars to put in new screening devices so when people bring in fentanyl and panels of trucks, we can catch them. They wouldn't even take that up. They want the issue. And the problem is I've had callers left and right today who, like, are buying into this. I mean, the, the greatest trick that, that Kaiser Soze ever made has made you guys believe that the Republicans are on the level here. Many Republicans, maybe not everyone in this audience, but I know a lot in Washington, I know Donald Trump, does not want Washington to function the way we believe it should, using common sense solutions, making compromise and the like. And now that's finally happened. We finally have some movement on that. And just like it was the last time, it's the Republican demagogues on the right. Many, many on the left are going to vote no on this thing, but they're not trying to stop it the way that the demagogues on the right are. To me, it's incorrigible for someone to say, we as a country have a problem, but let's not solve it because if we don't solve it, the other guy, will, the, 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 the guy who's in will benefit from it. We're supposed to reward politicians for doing smart things. So these moderate Republicans who are out there now saying, let's reelect me, the Lawlers and the D'Espositos and these other people and the Molinares and the the Keynes in New Jersey says, reelect me. I'm a different kind of Republican. I want to get stuff done. Well, this is the test. And if your party is so captive, so held in sway, by the, by the MAGA people who just want nothing ever to happen. It's just about no. It's just about, it's about getting more followers on Instagram. It's about holding rallies, but it's not about solving problems. You should not have your seat. Let's move out of the way. Let someone else do it. And it's quite a different thing to say, well, I want this change or that change, than to say we're not even going to consider the legislation because we think it helps the incumbent president. It'll help you, the incumbent Republicans, like that guy Crenshaw said. It'll help you, believe me. Believe me, uh, 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 the woman running against against Swazi. It'll benefit her if she can go and say, yeah, we're doing smart things to improve things at the border. We're tightening up our amnesty laws. Mazzi, Swazi. That'll be one of the things we talk about on Left versus Right. Stay tuned for the big debate.